Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And listeners, just for a peek behind the curtain, and so you know, the three of us are having a very lovely Valentine's Day recording this evening instead of being with our significant others because not only do we love them, but we love you. And we love we each do. other. And I don't know about Christine and Marty, but Sarah appreciates a good deal always. So she'll appreciate the Valentine's Day candy more half off on clearance tomorrow than <laughs> her price today. Uh. That's, that's real romance, Anthony. Don't let I, anybody you know tell you it's not. You know what? Valentine's Day is just another day. That's what Sarah always says. But I, you know, I've come to view it that way too. As I go, yeah, yeah. We don't even like exchange cards anymore. It's one. I feel like it's to. one. I feel like it's one thing if you're like dating, right? But like yes. married, see, or long term relationship. Yeah, meh. What? Meh. For us, it came down to the kiddo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I thought it came down to me and Julia, and that's why you're here tonight. No. Oh no, I mean not exchanging gifts came down to the kiddo. We focus on her instead. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I still kid, like I, gifts. So when I have a kid, I'm still going to be Dudley Dursley. But last year, I got thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. And I would like to recommend to anyone out there who wants some good Valentine's Day content, uh, check out the Harley Quinn animated Valentine's Day special HBO Max did. Not suitable Hmm. for children, even though it's a cartoon. Assumed. Hilarious. (laughs) Your Instagram feed also is not suitable for children today. Oh, the Beauty Not and the Beast again. thing? <laughs> the be- is, that, is that what you're referring to? Beauty and the Beast? Uh, yeah, that one should be my surprise. <laughs> it's like, looking at my stories, and then <laughs> some side boob. <laughs> and then you didn't even have to look at who posted it. You just knew it. I didn't. I knew it was you. <laughs> well, there's porn in my feed. It's Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. So oh. Funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, well, you know what's very funny about that Harley Quinn anime special? Bane is like one of the highlights of those shows because it gave him the Tom Hardy, like, really, oh, type voice. 
and he and hearing Bane tell Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, it's proportionate to my body size. It's just hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, speaking of Batman, did you all see that amazing trailer for The Flash and Michael Keaton suiting up again? You know the answer to that already. We've talked about it. But not on, on the air. All the feelings. All the feelings. It was mm-hmm. so good. It was so good. I cannot wait. Saw it during the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Which, taking a slight tangent here, I was pretty disappointed in general with the Super Bowl ads. Really? Ads I thought it was better year. than last year. The ads? I was. The commercials? Yeah. I th- I, I'm with you, Tom. I thought they were boring this year. The uh, only the one I Cooper really liked, and his mom was so cute and I, made me smile. That one was cute, and I liked uh, Ben Affleck and JLo Dunkin' Donuts. That was fun. That yeah. What about the Breaking Bad one with the Doritos? Yeah, I loved uh, that one. I like. I did really like the Tubi one where it freaked everybody out, and made them think somebody was messing with their remote during the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and what about the Disney Hundred Years? That one made me cry. Did it? Yeah, it did. You know what I thought when watching that? Man, Disney what? has fallen since the golden age in the 90s when they're not even Disney anymore. And they're just like, let's buy up every other property instead of doing original stuff anymore. That's basically what they're doing. Oh, we had vastly different reactions to that ad. <laughs> what are we here uh, for tonight, y'all? Uh, a title, uh, a show whose title sums it up. Very Mary, well. happy, happy, whatever. whatever. <laughs> this is a 2019 Netflix original season that did not get brought back. Uh, I'm and I'll really say right sh- now, nor did it need to. Correct. You know, 76% of people, of Google users who rated this movie liked it, or this series liked it. 76% of the people. I mean, not to surprise me. Not to bury the lead here, but not to you know give anything away here about my own feelings. But whether I liked it or hated it, it only needed to be a mini series. It didn't need a continuation. It mm-hmm. could have been a movie. Let's be honest. It could have been. been it could have been a movie. We've seen this movie multiple times. We have the whole father of the bride meet the parents situation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? Very happy, whatever is. It's a an eight episode series that deals with a girl who comes back from L.A. to Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. Eagles yeah. Fans. Yeah. It's Eagles up. fans, suck it, Eagles. So glad you lost. You have the most annoying freaking fans in the NFL, and I loved seeing you lose, and I loved seeing them lose on this TV show again. <laughs> Sorry to the Eagles fans out there. Mike Westfall, you know okay. I love you. Okay. <sighs> uh, well, she goes back, and she brings her love interest to meet her family, and he soon figures out that they are basically a cult. The father has a is a really strong patriarch who rules the family and everybody just acquiesces will the boyfriend get accepted will he marry his love you know that's kind of what we're supposed to see and all of this takes place over uh 10 days at the holidays um i saw this show back when it came on in 2018 and uh, was not impressed 
And then I thought we needed to watch the entire series again so we could talk about it tonight, episode by episode, only to find out that Julie and Anthony hated it so much that we're going to do a broad overview of the storyline, and uh, I wasted my day. I never That's said I accurate. hated it. Or didn't like it as much. Okay. Uh, Anthony, what's your history? Uh, I knew this thing existed. I only got around to watching it the past two days, and I am just... <laughs> whatever on it you're I just very must- happy whatever about it <laughs> I can't muster enough I don't care enough to like loathe it but at the same time like I definitely do, do not like it I felt like all the characters are just stereotypes and you're right we've seen this movie before we've seen it at Hallmark I mean there are how many romantic comedy movies theatrical movies have you seen like this like meet the parents things like that and mm-hmm. Yeah, all those characters are tropes and types, but they seem far more three-dimensional in all of those movies than we got here. And I mean, that, comparing... bo- that bothered me. It was it was a little disappointing because I would expect more out of Dennis Quaid. I mean, we've seen Robert De Niro pull this off. We've seen Steve Martin. I did not like the new Father of the Bride movie with... Andy Garcia. And- Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. I love Andy we've Garcia. We've seen all of these people pull this off, and they've done it really well. Mm-hmm. And this was just a big fat disappointment, y'all. And when we get into it, we'll talk about how much I actually loathed Randy Quaid's, uh, Dennis Quaid's character. Did I say Randy Quaid earlier? No, no, no. That was me. Woo! Okay. We do not want to make that mistake. That would be a dramatically different movie. <laughs> Julia, what's your history? Um, So I watched this in preparation for the first time we were going to record this episode, which was pre-Christmas last year, I think, right? For some reason, it got pushed back. Yep. And I didn't hate it. I don't love it. Um, It's just kind of, I don't know, it's like a saltine cracker, right? No, that's not fair because I really love saltine crackers. Me too. I was about to. It's very, (laughs) it's just bland. Yeah. And it's like any other sitcom that you know i've seen and feel the exact same way about um this did highlight for me how sitcoms have to be really good for me to binge them otherwise they're exhausting like this was exhausting to binge um i did in fact skim rewatch it for tonight so you should feel terrible about yourself the uh Um, I spent a solid two hours fast forwarding on 10 seconds to get the gist of each episode again. So thank you very much. Um, oh, I'm but... sorry. You said this was hard to binge. <laughs> yes. They felt so much longer than 22 to 28 episode, minutes yes, per episode. Did. So yes, much did. longer. I I legit watched the first one and then went back to see how many were left. And I was like, eight. I'm like, oh, I don't have eight hours to, to for this to be on the background. 25 minutes piece. Yeah. And I'll say too, Julia, I agree with you about the uh, comedy has to be really good to binge. And it also has to be really good if it's new and has a laugh track. There's one thing that has a laugh track like Friends, uh, Golden Girl, Seinfeld, all the classics, right? Mm -hmm. That you have nostalgia for that. But that was like right at the cusp of when laugh track died out. So Big Bang slipped in there. But like nowadays, if a show is going to have a laugh track, a new show, it better be legitimately funny. Otherwise, that thing stands out. 
let's jump in to our cast. We should talk about the creator, though. Tucker. We can definitely talk about Col- Tucker Cawley. Who uh, wrote Tucker Cawley, of of Rick. Everybody loves and Home Economics. Every- everybody loves Raymond. I like Home Economics. It's a cute I love show. Home Economics. It's great. He also has written some episodes for Up All Night, and I loved that show so much. The Mindy, like, the Mindy Project. He's got, he's got chops. He does have chops. I don't know he, where he went for this. Was the executive producer producer or co-executive producer for 160 episodes of everybody loves raymond say what you want about if you love everybody loves raymond or not it was a hit it it was a huge hit i mean it was Mm -hmm. yeah uh the show the show the show stars as the uh the the love interest bridget mendler who we have covered from good luck charlie she played are we are we are we skipping over Dennis Quaid? No, I'm doing an order of like where they come oh, into the story. Okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So Bridget Mindler is the one who comes home. Like we like I said, she you can see you can learn more about her in our episode of Good Luck Charlie. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend, longtime boyfriend, want to be uh, fiance is played by Brent Morin. Brent Morin was in the show. Yes, day. Not a whole lot of stuff I was familiar with before. Yeah, I don't know these other things, but I liked Yes, day. He had one episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine and one episode of Ground Floor. Did you guys like him? No, I liked him. He's he my favorite like... character on the show. Oh, uh, he was one of two of my favorite characters of the show. He felt like a knockoff of Ted Mosby to me. Like he felt yeah, like a Ted, di- I would tell you the dinosaur was, Ted Mosby. Ted Mosby was another one who was bland and had no personality. Yeah, I did not like him. They go home and are picked up by and we meet the patriarch of the family, Dennis Quaid. We have covered his brother quite a few times, Randy Quaid. Um, but I think this is our first time to discuss Dennis Quaid. Yeah, before we get into discussing Dennis Quaid, do you think Randy Quaid went off the rails because A, his brother got the looks and the acting chops and he got none of it? (laughs) Man, I don't know what it is, but that guy, he has a nice beard, though. (laughs) I think you'd be hard pressed to find people who don't know who Dennis Quaid is. Mm Mm-hmm done a great job of playing dad the dad before i loved him in Lindsay lohan's version the of trap. the parent trap love so that movie so good i do too it's so good uh, he was in the, the rookie. rookie i love that one love a that dog's movie. journey yes bailey, bailey 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 a dog's purpose he uh, was in um i'm trying to think he was in the alamo played Sam, he played sam houston back in the day in the alamo Yes, he did. And he is a Texan. He's in the new the newer remake of Footloose in 2011. Oh, yeah. He's he in Frequency. In something to talk about. He played Doc Holliday in White Earp. That was a cool movie. He was in Undercover Blues. He was in Edge. Uh, Julia's favorite movie, The Day After Tomorrow. He was in my favorite movie, The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> Usually a fan of him. I love Dennis yes. Quaid. I love, love Dennis him. Quaid. I thought this show was going to be great with Dennis Quaid as the patriarch. But no. But we'll get into that. It could have been great with better writing. 
I was excited to see him. It could have been okay. I'll we talked yes. we we talked about this being hyped up and being excited about this show. Mm-hmm. It could have he could have been great with better writing. Yes, because there are some legitimately talented people in this who sure. are good in other things. And Speaking I of like legitimately a lot talented, of them phoned it in. People mm-hmm. we have Ashley. We have Ashley Tisdale. I liked her character playing the sister. I did not. She's not. I she a was a very obnoxious I've always had a crush on Ashley. Oh, have you? Isn't she a little old for you? I did not get into the High School Musical thing at all. No, no, no. For me, it wasn't even that. I I don't even think I've seen any one of those movies all the way through. For me, it was when I used to what when uh, I used the to Sweet Life the... of Zach and Cody. <laughs> yes, yeah. I didn't watch that either. I didn't. Oh, that's I, a great I mean, show for your kids. Yeah, I used to watch it with. I mean, like, they might have watched it, but cousins, I cousins, cousins, kids, and stuff like babysitting. That's where I saw. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, she was. She's also a voice on Phineas and Ferb. She is. She's the sister. Yeah, she yep. is. And Robot That's Chicken. my favorite, Ashley Tisdale. And there was a remake of Sabrina, The Secrets of a Teenage Witch, and cartoon. And she was the voice of Sabrina Spellman. She's hmm. in a movie called Saving Santa. She was in a couple of the scary movies. Uh, she was in an All Dogs Christmas Carol, too. So she's in a few Christmas things. Let me cover her again. Yeah. So in an episode of Grounded for Life, which we've talked about, me and Tom at least love that show. I don't forget if Julie We does. do love that show. She was also I in Donnie Darko. She was in Donnie Darko. Oh. That's a turn. I mean, she was in a Bugs Life when she was really young. She did a voice. Didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. So we all like Ashley Tisdale. She's she's a sweet Disney girl, right? Just like Charlie. She's Just... fine. She is not Charlie. I know she was better than Charlie. No, her name's not Charlie. Good luck, Charlie's the little girl. Ashley Tisdale's husband who leaves her, and we only see a couple episodes I'm not going to go into. That's Tyler Ritter. Like Ritter Ritter? That's what I'm looking at. Yes, John Ritter. Yes. Oh, he family. looks just that's... like him. Oh my god. And that's Jason Ritter's brother. Jason Ritter, who just other sister is Patsy. Yeah, the by... most obnoxious character on this freaking show. I couldn't stand this one. Siobhan Murphy. All of these characters are just complete pure stereotypes. Poorly written stereotypes, which makes them unsatisfactory. Like it's not satisfying to watch. Which is frustrating because they all could have been better. She starred in some Hallmark Christmas movies, mm. and has she, done a I, lot. I, of... I don't even think she has the acting chops to cut a Hallmark movie. I thought she was the worst person in this thing. I could she... not stand her. Her character was just oh, it was awful. Her husband, She's though, my... I really she... liked. The in-laws are who I liked in this. Those were my favorites. Yeah. The Adam in-laws. The outlaws. The Quinlaws. Adam Rose plays her husband, Todd. And Adam Rose was in the Santa Clarita diet for a couple Hmm. of episodes. He was in the movie Up in the Air. Not really a big part. Had a short arc in Veronica Mars. He and his onstage wife both did one episode of Modern Family. And not a whole heck of a lot of stuff, right, y'all? 
right. Uh, not much. So. But I did like his character a lot. I, I liked too. him too. I like, and, and I'll say now, but, I like that the in-laws have their own little club because that I could relate to with my family. Yes, the in-laws call themselves the degenerates. Because oh, every gosh. now and then the actual blood family wants a picture together, like the grandkids. And like we once asked for that once and the in-laws took it the wrong way. And now they just call themselves the degenerates. So they'll get a picture together to the in-laws like every family holiday. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> we have one more sibling to meet. Sean Quinn is played by Hayes MacArthur. He was incredible. I felt like yeah. he didn't have a lot to do. He was from, uh, you may know him from Angie Tribeca. He was in Super Troopers 2. Oh, he was in Single and Parents. He, that was a short-lived TV series. Yeah, he has a lot of small parts. He was a voice in Prep and Landing, Naughty vs. Nice. He had oh, one it? episode of Happy Endings. He was Thrasher. No, he was a reindeer, so we covered him before. Interesting. I don't know that I mean, we covered him into him, though. He's got a recognizable face, but I wouldn't have pinpointed where it was from. And his wife is played by Elizabeth Ho. She is Joy Quinn. Not a lot her. to her either. Uh, she was in she was Shades in, of Black. She was in the show Disjointed. She did Broadway. She was, she was a Jesus Christ superstar on Broadway. She did some voice work for Tron Uprising. She was in a Christmas movie for uh, Lifetime called Seasons of Love. Well, that sounds like a lifetime one. It does. It does. And then she did a lot of one-offs on shows like Two and a Half Men, Castle, Women's Murder Club. I'm not going to lie. Don't care about the kids. going to skip over them. But we are going to go to... Nancy. Dawn's love interest, Nancy, played by Garcelle Beauvais. Marvel fans will recognize her from Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. She was in the movie Flight. With Denzel Washington, the a couple episodes a couple episodes as the voice in the animated series The Prince. She's in Coming to America two, and the original, and, and the, the original, and the original. She was in six episodes of The Magicians. Uh she was in White House Down. Ooh, she was in Grimm. I loved that show. I wish I, I did too. That show was fantastic. They have a Christmas episode. Hmm. She was in Franklin and Bash. She only spoke Eyes. French and Creole when she moved to America, and she learned English from Sesame Street. Oh, in... I love that. Oh. She was an ADA for 84 episodes of NYPD Blue. Still the butt of one of my fa- <laughs> the butt of one of my favorite jokes from Family Guy. <laughs> Speaking of butts, she was on Playboy's cover. She made Playboy's cover once. <laughs> she was on Way Models. <laughs> She was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Family Matters. Did a, did a spot on Hang with Mr. Cooper. She just stopped aging at the age of like 38. Oh, she's like, she is a main cast member of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills now. What? Oh, gross. All right, so our show opens up with Emmy bringing her boyfriend home. They're waiting to get picked up at the airport. 
dad shows up and he immediately makes it known that he does not like boyfriend. He throws him in the back of his cop car. And we learn in the first three minutes that dad is a serious narcissist obsessed with controlling his family and everybody in it. Yes. <laughs> because his daughter has moved to LA, lives there, loves it. And he is trying to manipulate her into a job in Philadelphia. And we learn later that he's abusing his power as a police officer to blackmail somebody to make her a vice president. Not just somebody, somebody played by Dan Castanella, who plays Homer Simpson, who we've covered before. He is. We have covered him. Uh, Yeah, I don't, I did not like this character. And it has to be the writing, because I do. I love, like, Meet the Parents and, you know, Father of the Bride. Like, all these movies with the controlling father-in-law or... Not controlling protective father-in-law. Let's call it that. And no, no, no. We've seen the protective. This is controlling. You're right. You made that, that but, perfect distinction. You made that perfect distinction. But yeah, this he did not resonate with me. I found this guy a jerk, and I did yeah. not feel like he. Not to skip to the end, his moment of redemption wasn't strong enough for me. Which you would think after spending eight episodes, it would be a little stronger. Because movies, again, like Father of the Bride, Meet the Parents, etc., I can get a stronger one in five minutes after an hour and a half. Ugh, right. I don't know. It bothered me. The writing was very subpar. Right. I, well, because it's not just that he's high, you know, overprotective and controlling. He's also highly traditional in his thinking, right? Like at one point, religion comes up, right? One daughter will potentially be raising their child Jewish. One daughter's son is an atheist. And who is surprised, not surprised that this rubs him the wrong way. And one of them um, is gay. Right. So he's yeah. ultra, ultra traditional, highly so controlling. So I wanted to bring that up. I was, when I was watching this, I was wondering to myself, I wonder if Tom and Julia would like this show more. Like I thought maybe it was a relatability thing, right? Because we've talked about that before with like uh, certain shows I like, like Seinfeld or Veep, where that stuff resonates with me more because it's like a coastal thing, maybe we've talked about. And I was like, or a more liberal East Coast thing. I was like, oh, maybe this is one one of those cases where... The more traditional Midwestern, not the Pennsylvanias, but you know what I mean. I thought maybe you guys could relate to it more, and it just did not resonate with me because I don't know people like that up here. Oh, I know people like this. I know people like this, but I don't want to watch them on TV. Right. Yeah. They're not the core of my family story. Mm-hmm. So, in And this first character wasn't unique. No, he wasn't. He was a stereotype. Like yep. again, I'm gonna go back to the father of the bride. Meet the parents. S- Steve Martin is so relatable. Like he mm-hmm. loves his daughter. This guy's not good enough for her. That's a story I can buy. Mm-hmm. Meet the parents. They said enough of a backstory about the dad being a little off his rocker from years in the CIA. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get the vibes. The backstory from him. But they do throw us right into this storyline because they and, go and, to the house. Right. I just want to say, too, his excuse wore on me. I'm just not good at this. Your mother was better at this. No, right. that's a crappy excuse for you to be a controlling father to all these kids and their in-laws and their and your in-laws. Well, and the way that they pay, they they build him up, that he's this intimidating figure and everybody's afraid afraid of him right that's that's the the vibe we're picking up but then 
Ashley Tisdale's husband, Alan, tells her in the middle of their whole family he wants a divorce. And it was just her reaction was unbelievable. His attempt to tell them was unbelievable. And taking a stab at their dead mother on the way out the door, also not believable. I don't think the family would have stood for any of that. Well, the way yeah. they built up Dennis Quaid's character, I thought he was going to, he should have knocked his lights out the minute he did right. that in front of the family and then insulted his dead wife to boot. Yeah. Right. The Eggies, which also, it annoyed me. They kept talking about their, their <laughs> dead mother making Eggies. I don't know what Eggies are, but I just really got tired of hearing about it. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to hear. But we're set, we set the stage here. Um, Matt wants to propose to Emmy. He goes and asks for Dawn's permission. Dawn tells him nobody else has been brave enough to do that and then quickly tells her no. So he tries to impress Dawn through this episode by helping him decorate for Christmas. He catches the angel that symbolizes their their the matriarch of the family who's passed. He catches it on fire and then staples the dad in the head. <laughs> they end up at the hospital. He realizes dad isn't a nurse. Decides Nancy. that he's going to... Yep, there's an into nurse Nancy. He decides the next day that he's going to feign a concussion to go back so Dawn can see Nancy again. While all this is going on, Emmy is interviewing for a job in a local finance company. Let's be real. She was manipulated into interviewing. She was. Well, no. He, the interviewer, was manipulated into... into... Well, she just... She did it just to placate her dad because you get the impression you don't tell Don no. And the end of this episode, they try to create this very beautiful Christmas moment where the whole family comes together. And they, since dad can't be there for the big lights on ceremony at the house, they light up the emergency room. Yeah, dumb. And so dumb. I'm just going to tell you in the winter, I don't know of any hospitals that have empty emergency rooms. <laughs> and I think you would be this close to Christmas, you'd be hard-pressed to find a hospital staff who would let you just hang up Christmas lights for them. Let's be real. Sure. Yeah. You, know what this, you know what? Well, that and that's the thing. You know what this felt like, too? Like, you know how a lot of first seasons of TV shows, like, it takes a few episodes to get their bearings and to figure out what they are. And the first yeah. episodes could be a little repetitive. And that's how this was. Oh, piss off Dom, happy family moment at the end. It almost yep. felt like every episode was a different like pilot episode for what this yeah. show could be, and it just did not work. It didn't flow. It was, it was, <laughs> and I don't think I think the concept in general. I think I like on paper a ten episode eight episode show that takes place over the week of Christmas with the family coming back together sounds really good. That could be really yeah. good. Yeah. So we go through all these Christmas traditions and Matt is just trying to acclimate in the family in some way, trying to do everything he can. And of course, everything he does is wrong. Right. Everything. everything. He's a struggling musician. That's the, that's a common theme we're seeing. <laughs> and he has this, this gig that he's supposed to do that. That's a big darn deal, right? It's a big deal for this gig for whatever reason. Somehow this guy from LA got an opening gig for a big band, an opening for the opener of a big band. And he throws it away. So he can go caroling with the family in Philly. Sorry. 
this guy from LA who comes to Philly gets this big gig and he throws it away so that he can go caroling with the Quinn family. Which, well, because his end game is to propose. Right. He wants on to propose Christmas. While he's here. Yeah. He's got a ring, which we find out later. Emmy finds the ring while he's trying to decide if he actually wants to marry her and marry into this family. Well, yeah, while because she finds shockingly ring, enough, she finds the offer letter. Right. Yeah. Shockingly enough, the dad doing all of the things that he's doing wreaks havoc in all of the relationships of his children and their significant others. Which again, it's a trope. It's a trope of all of this. It you is. know from episode one how it's gonna yeah. Episode one, and I'm sure you both knew the same way, felt the same. You knew eventually dad would come between them and the dad would have to go bring him back, apologize, bring him back. You've seen him, yep. father of the bride, meet the pair, every one of these stories. Yep. Not new or original. And the jokes are tired. All the big milestones that we end up hitting through the course of the series, like we see coming before they actually hit. Like the daughter who's having fertility issues. Guess what? She She's going to get pregnant. Right. And we've got the um, the older brother struggling with having lost his job. He doesn't have any way to tell his dad because guess what? His dad is not going to take very well that the man of the house has lost his job and his wife is the breadwinner. Um, the so like, daughter. right. The gay daughter not being able to talk to her dad because her dad is very I will, I will. I will admit that. There was one line that made me really laugh in, the, I think it was the last episode, where he's showing her a picture of somebody's son he could set her up with, and she's like, oh, look at all that body hair. You really know my type. That made me laugh. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> but we also see Bridget Menler. What's her name in the show? Quinn. Emmy. Emmy. Quinn. Oh, Emmy. We see Emmy and Matt's relationship start to break down as well, which leads us to the, he still wants to propose, but then he decides maybe he shouldn't propose, but she sees the ring. So she's expecting it. And that all goes awry because she starts bringing up stuff like I make the money and you're, you spend it very freely and you don't have a lot of it. And I'm very tight with my money and I'm the one that makes the money. And they're just, they start not liking each other. And she keeps placating her father. Like right. This, that's the that's key. How we do things. Right. But and what's that's really right. annoying, the Quinn way, what's really annoying is they tell Matt, the 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 Quinn laws tell Matt in the very first episode, Oh, you're only here for five days. She'll start to act just like her dad. And they say ten then he says, Oh, we're here for ten days, and they're both like, Oh, that's you know, whatever. But we know this is gonna happen, and we know she's gonna side with her dad, and we know she's gonna Matt's going to be played second fiddle now, despite the fact that she's living with him. They want to spend the rest of their life together. She's back home for a few days and suddenly everything about Matt is wrong because it's not matching up. She's not getting her dad's approval, which I find really right. obnoxious. Like, well, yeah, again, don't marry that. <laughs> no, Matt, leave all the in-laws leave. Alan was the right guy. He was what one show of were we watching where I had or movie where I specifically asked Julia if Marty acted that way with his mother? You said you would put your foot down and like, no, that's not that would not have been okay. But that's why I, I don't thought remember this whole time. what we were watching, but yeah. But that's why I thought the, the thing this whole time that would not be okay. Like mm-hmm. I would not have blamed him for here for breaking up with her. Or like right. this can't work if she's gonna make me second fiddle to her dad all the time. That's right. And there's the thing. 
we have these beautiful love stories that we've watched the the Ross and Rachels over the years, the Jim and Pams, where we're wanting where we're really rooting for couples to get together. We want to see their happy ending. I don't care. No. I don't feel like Emmy deserves it. I don't feel like there's there's just they did not I did not get invested in any in any of these characters. And I think that's why I hate it so much because I wasted my time watching eight episodes twice. For people I'm not invested in that I couldn't care less about. Yeah, true. Yep, it's very. True. I'd at least like to care if you know the somebody comes in and oh my gosh, the star of the sh- you know the 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 main character got run over by a, a train and may or may not live. Well, you know. <laughs> Does that mean we're going to introduce somebody who might bring life to the show? If so, you know, I'll, I'll, let's see what happens. I'm here for it. And the thing was, like, I when I was sitting here watching it, I was like, okay, you you would think something like this, this premise would be a mindless, easy watch where, like, oh, if this was on in the background in the future, I could leave it on. It's just for you. No, I don't want to see this again. This was not an easy watch for me. This felt, we just did the math. It was probably four hours altogether, all these episodes put together. And it felt, it felt like eight. It felt long. It felt long. And this yeah. whole thing takes place over the week of Christmas. I It did not feel very Christmassy. Mm. I mean, the music was Christmassy at the, the lead music. into every episode. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked their tree. That I mean, the whole living room felt Christmassy. It also felt like a sitcom, a family sitcom living room, you know. But well, maybe. But I mean, the music oh. had me in the mood, but not the content at all. Well, I think no. yeah. Okay, fair. Even the even the Christmas caroling, it looked right. It looked fun. Whatever. You know what? I though? didn't get the vibes. The Christmas, the living room. You're right, Julia. That tree was nice. But you know what? Mm-hmm. That room didn't feel warm because I felt no fuzzies for the family around the tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, again, the whole idea of putting up your tree like two days before Christmas and then taking it down like two days after Christmas, like that was like, if you're yeah. going to have a whole show set over Christmas, I get you want to have an episode where you're putting up the tree. Fine. But put it up in episode one. Wow. <laughs> ten days. Well, no their mother set a rule. It has to all be here for only ten days. Also, how bad did that CGI sky look when they were on the roof putting up the lights? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> so what happens in the end? Somehow on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Eve, Dennis Quaid uh, finds a ticket to L.A., to fly out to bring boyfriend back to his daughter and get back all within time to watch the ball drop on New Year's. Somehow he made this trek a five hour journey across the country, five hours back into time in time and five hours forward in time on New Year's Eve. And is it because he realized the error of his ways? No, 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 no. That's the thing that bothered me. It wasn't because he realized the error of his way. It's because his daughter wasn't talking to him. I love it. Oh, man. She manipulated the manipulator. Well, not really. Yeah, it was very unsatisfying. The whole thing was manipulative. Uh Uh-huh. And he he really doesn't change. 
No, they're gonna have the same problem every time they go back. We're gonna, they're gonna, and I think that's probably what they were setting us up for. They thought there might be another season. I do wonder. The show's called Merry Happy Whatever. So is every season gonna play take place over this ten days? There is no. Yeah, probably. I see that could have been that could have been their format. Which again, interesting premise, interesting idea for a show, but. When this show ended, I did not want to see any more of this family. Right. And, okay, we already said how unsatisfying it was, the end, because he didn't change. Yeah. Even the moment when he's in L.A. and picks up the guitar and they're jamming together, any movie or TV show where that happens that's written well, you would find that scene endearing. That scene yeah. just did not work. I didn't buy that scene. I didn't buy he'd want to jam with, they'd want to jam together. No. No. Either way, like the dad wouldn't want to and Matt wouldn't want to if yeah, Matt was a real person with real feelings who just experienced that 10 days of re- constant rejection. Did right. you find any of the, so any of the kids ending satisfactory? So obviously Matt oh. and her got engaged, Emmy got engaged, and then they're going to London because she got a job in London, of course. It's got to be further away. Dad pushed her further away. <laughs> But, okay, Ashley Tisdale's character came out as gay. After failed that, attempts that, at flirting. That was the only one that kind of got a genuine heartfelt thing from the dad, I felt. Like, at first he kind of brushed it off, and then he had a little heartwarming-ish moment outside later on. Yeah. Because he continues to jab his older son for not having well, a... Which is yeah, just what you want when you're, real when you're without a job, when you're struggling. Right, and following your passion, which is now Aggies. And then how did it end with, I um, see, I just, I literally watched this final episode earlier this evening, I can't remember. How did it end with um, a couple who said they might raise their kid Jewish? I mean, they're a, we'll figure it out as we go along. We can do this. Because they so, were in like the freak out of, holy crap, I'm pregnant. You know, everything's going to change. And that, that was basically the, the writer saying, hey, we're going to get more seasons. So we're not yeah. committing either way because this is still going to be a pain point for dad going yeah. forward. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, if it had been more palatable for me, I'd give it a five. It had no it's Linus just, moment. It had a no Christmas thing. show had no Linus moment. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Uh, ratings are going to get it from me from just a complete lack of creativity. And yep. even more points off for having such good tools and not using them at all. <laughs> like Good tools, good like, actors, yeah. good talent behind the scenes. Exactly. And you'd think the stage would bring them some good luck because they shot on the Mary Tyler Moore stage. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cool for them. The ghosts of that set are probably like, I can't believe they put this crap on our set. So is it a Christmas feature show? Whatever we're actually calling it. Yes, it is. Christmas was a central theme. The 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 same dynamics wouldn't have played out well over Valentine's Day weekend. Were you even rooting for Dennis, Dennis Quaid and the nurse? Not really. Not really. No. And the I was stupid... rooting for the nurse's son. 
Yeah, actually, me too. That was quite funny when they were in the bar and he just kept giving him the dirty look. And then, oh, the stupid thing where Dennis Quaid is shutting up his kids in church and his phone goes off and uh, she makes a yeah. joke about how hot her feet are and he gets really excited. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three. That seems right. I'll come in at a three. Let's make it a three. Unanimous. Unanimity. Oh, now that's over. I feel so much better. I've been dreading this. Now I have to go listen to this edit. edit well, I, we did get some comments. No, now you get to go watch Dash and Lily for next week. I've got to edit well, this before then. We did get some comments. Our good friend Matt Yurick of TGI Podcast wrote, I remember watching this when it came out, but I can remember exactly zero things about it. So I guess that shed some light on my thoughts of the series. Yeah, that's a good Same point. Page. Nothing was memorable. Nothing. And we got one comment on Instagram, too. What do we get on Instagram? From that Christmas guy, 365. I'm afraid this is another one I don't like, guys. Way too cheesy for my British humor. I was so excited at the thought of a Christmas sitcom, but I couldn't make it past the second episode. Well, good news. We have next week. Yes. Eh, yes. I'm not excited about it. Oh, bull. You're a liar. Rap, you big you, liar. You played that one. You played Dash and Lily up way too much to try to do a bait and switch now, hombre. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing Dash and Lily next week, followed by Blackish. The first few episodes so. of Blackish Part One. Nice. We got some good stuff coming up, folks. Yeah, the next few we weeks do. should be very fun. And you know what I love about going TV into... season? What? The fact that they are quotable. I miss our quotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What quotes did you Same. have from this one? Sake. don't remember it's a quite oh, way so many from well oh, so gosh. many from blackish and ghosts though it'll we'll make up for and it. abbott elementary and abbott elementary and abbott, yeah. and abbott elementary so good we didn't even talk about that with the super bowl did you see the beginning what oh what's her name from abbott elementary saying um is she oh, the one that sang the Black National Anthem? She did. Yes. 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 And I it was stunning. That. She was, was stunning. Her voice was gorgeous. It was, what's her name? The principal, right? Yes. Yeah. I can't think of her name. What a voice. Wow. Anyway, for people that, I don't know, want to chime in and have feedback have... on this glorious episode. Or on Dash and Lily for next week. True. Or on Michael Keaton's return as Batman. Maybe. You know what I kind of like, y'all? What? I'd like it if we could get our listeners who have worked in education over the next two weeks to send us their favorite <gasps> teaching Christmas holiday season moment. And we can do a compilation oh, of episodes, a compilation of quotes for that. Oh, for the, the thing I keep episode? I like that. Yeah, because the thing I keep hearing from all teachers and people in education is... This show would be a lot funnier if it weren't so real. Oh, yeah. All I know is I already know <laughs> if we were going to cast the three of us as people on that show, I already know who each of us would be. Who would I be? I'll reveal that on the episode. Oh, I know who I'd be. 
<laughs> but I want uh, listeners to cast us for that episode. If we cast us in Abbott Elementary. On that show, who would, who we, would be? we be? Who would and we be on Ghosts? Cast us for that one too. I think okay. I'm an obvious one on for Ghosts. I think we know. You're an obvious one for Abbott Elementary too. Who are you? Who are you on Ghosts? Because I can think of one too. The guy who died without his pants on. Like the yeah, that's who guy. I was thinking first. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Wait, Stop who was the other her. one you were thinking <laughs> of? Well, I was thinking of the um the stodgy, the main guy, just because he's so judgy. Not that you're judgy, but he's so like sharp-tongued. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? That I could see that too. Quick-witted and sharp-tongued. I don't know who Tom would be though. On goes, so I know. Who? He'd be the, be the Indian guy who runs the inn. Oh, I can see that. Oh, wait, no, her her partner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I thought you meant like the literal Indian. I could probably I also see that too. I don't know who you would be. I would almost find Pretty you would dry. be the main girl, Julia. Yeah, I'd be the main girl. I feel that. I would one hundred percent be stockbroker. <laughs> Okay. Oh, not I want to. I would want to be the curly-haired girl who loves cocaine so much because she makes me laugh every time. The hippie? No, no. Oh, the, one the from old Victorian the, era. Yeah. She's so funny to me. Oh, stop! That show's so good. Oh my god! When he the whole Christmas episode, him wanting to possess a guy. <laughs> 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 oh, I can't wait to get. I can't wait for TV month, y'all. We already month. started it, but it's good and better. Yep. It'll only get better. That's right. It'll only get better. If you want to cast the elves, let us know on social media. You can find all of our social media at linktree.com slash tis the podcast. And you can mention anywhere. And you can answer those questions anywhere. And we will share them on the episode. And if on want- Patreon. We will be for a little as little as a dollar per month. You can get full and bonus episodes. And as soon as we end this episode, me, Tom, and Julie are gonna find a date that works for us because we have a fun Harry Potter themed recast episode coming up. So check that out. Keep your eyes open. And with that, seven thousand three hundred and ninety-two hours until Christmas twenty twenty-three. That is three hundred and eight. Days. 44 weeks, y'all. Next week is our last week in the 300s. Bye. Bye.